I do this thing every morning when the light starts to filter in through my window. My mind wakes up and before I can even crack my eyes open, my brain starts visualizing. And I wish I could tell you that it starts visualizing me in a brand spanking seaside mansion or in my private jet or just dominating the world. But no, it visualizes my calendar for the day. Yep, my calendar. I don't know, does that happen to you too? It starts to visualize my calendar and if I have a really busy day, I start feeling overwhelmed already. I haven't even opened up my eyes. It's definitely not a good place to be. And then I started to realize why this was happening, or at least one of the reasons why. It's because I'm trying to do everything. Whenever someone said, you should get onto TikTok, it's the new Instagram, I added that to my to-do list. Or YouTube is definitely the place to be. It made its way onto my to-do list. Or stand on your head in Central Park while beatboxing and playing the triangle. I added learn to beatbox onto my to-do list. I was trying to do everything to the point that my calendar was where my mind went as soon as it woke up. If there's a sign that something needs to, that was it. And so I had to learn to be smarter. How do I funnel out all of the noise and just focus on the top one, two, or three things that can actually move the dial for me? And that was when I decided to do my own research to really find out what it is that the more successful podcasters are doing right now to grow their audience in order to monetize that audience. That was a whole reason behind the writing the state of podcast marketing report that I dedicated episode 41 of this podcast to, because knowing what successful podcasters are doing gives me the cheat codes to short circuit all the opinions and just focus on the data. So now I don't have to wake up to my calendar any longer. So if you would like to hear about the initial overview of that report, then I definitely invite you to listen to episode 41 of that podcast because in this particular episode I have a treat for you or another treat for you I should say. I co-authored that report with five other experts in the podcasting industry. Experts from companies like Listen Notes, Squadcast, Podpeen and and Alitu. And I actually caught up with one of my co-authors, Kevin Schmidlin from Grow the Show, for a behind-the-scenes conversation to discuss our theories on some of the results. And so I'm just gonna I'm gonna actually pull back that curtain and let you hear our very unedited conversation. Oh, and pro tip, we're going to be referring quite a bit to the actual pages of the report in our conversation. So if I were you, I would head over to the show notes now, like right now, unless you're driving, that may be a little bit difficult, Um, but head over to the show notes right now and grab the free reports that you have it on hand as we discuss it. So we'll take a quick 30 second ad break. And when we come back, we'll get into that raw unedited conversation that I had with Kevin on the channels podcasters attribute to their success. Hey guys, my name is Rashawn and I am the host of the Motivate Grind Succeed podcast. Now, while podcasting is incredibly fun, unfortunately, not all of it is sunshine and rainbows. And believe it or not, there is an uncool side to it. And I'm talking about your podcast copy. And if you're anything like me, you hate that part with an absolute burning passion. But that is where Capshow comes in. Capshow, unlike any other AI copywriter, is built specifically for podcasts. I'm talking all of your podcast copy titles, 
episode descriptions, show notes, and even social media captions and so much more are all SEO optimized and generated for you in just a few minutes from one audio file. That's it. Personally, Capsule has enhanced my workflow by cutting down my copy generation time to one sixth, yes, I did the math, of the time while also quadrupling my downloads in the span of only four months. I mean, think about it, guys. All of your podcast copy is done and SEO optimized in a fraction of the time it would take for you to do it yourself. And the best part about it, you can give this all a shot for my favorite word in the world, free. Visit capshow.com to get started with a completely free trial today. That's www.capsho.com to get started today. Let's go. This will be fun. Awesome. All right. So we are looking at page eight and specific, so specifically about what marketing channels podcasters actually attribute to their success. So I don't, did you, was there anything surprising? I'd love to hear from you if there was anything surprising you found from this particular graph. From the page. marketing channels that podcasters attributed to their success, right? Yeah, I was a little surprised to see how many high income podcasters attributed their success to LinkedIn. Mm. And is not something, I, I don't think it's talked about as much in the podcast yes. growth world. Uh, right? So... <laughs> It was totally surprising to see that LinkedIn was such an outlier, especially, and and it was especially surprising to see the difference in between high income podcasters and how they look at LinkedIn and low income podcasters and how they look at LinkedIn that so number one, LinkedIn's overall prevalence was surprising, but it also Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. took me aback to see the, the, the stark difference between the high and low podcasters and what they think about. Yeah. Cause that one actually had the most, like the highest difference between the two groups for LinkedIn. It was like by by a difference of 7%, which is the highest of any other channel. So I think you're right. Like, yeah, the fact that it was such a prevalent one and yeah, for high income podcasters. So I'd love to hear like, because I know that you have some thoughts on why LinkedIn is up there for high income podcasters. I do. And I think so a couple thoughts as to why that is. So number one, I think it shows a fair amount of savvy in the high income podcasters that they know to go after underpriced attention. So everybody's talking about TikTok and Instagram and shorts these days. Everybody's talking about mm-hmm. short form video. And so since that's what everybody's talking about, there's the most competition for attention there. LinkedIn yes. folks aren't talking about as much. And so it's what Gary V calls underpriced attention, meaning, mm-hmm. you know, it's just cheaper to get eyeballs there. So it, number one, it doesn't surprise me that the, while, while initially the data surprised me, when thinking about it, it doesn't surprise me that high income podcasters knew to go to LinkedIn for some of that underpriced attention. The other thing that I'll, for some of that underpriced attention. The other thing that I'll say is that if you're a lower income podcaster, I don't necessarily think the conclusion needs to immediately be, oh, well, I should get on LinkedIn. That doesn't necessarily need to be like the message there, because I'm also willing to bet that part of this discrepancy has to do with the fact that the high income podcasters that are on LinkedIn probably have business shows. Their show might relate more towards something professional. They might even be online business owners. And it's when your show is business and impact focused like that, it's 
a little bit easier to monetize when, especially if you consider selling products or services as monetization, which a lot of online coaches, online business owners, online experts do. So like I said, overall surprising to see LinkedIn so, so heavily represented by the high income podcasters. But I also think there is a little bit at play there that just has to relate to their probably talking about business, which inherently makes more money. Yeah, that's a good point. And I would add on to that as well, that I would, I would posit, I don't know whether or not this is true because we didn't go into this in the data, but um, that high income podcasters are probably also using LinkedIn specifically because they know exactly who their audience is and that they are on LinkedIn versus I get the sense. And I don't know if this, if you get this sense as well, Kevin, but I know I did this when I was like, I kind of, I'm serving everyone, surely. But when, when you kind of feel like you're serving everyone or you do, you're talking to a lot of people, then you don't, you, you might tend to gravitate towards the platforms where it's like, well, everyone's on Instagram and I hear that everyone's on TikTok now, right? <laughs> so yeah. I don't know. I wonder if there's a little bit of that in, coming in, into this as well. That, DJ, that was one of the first thoughts I had as well. Totally agree with you there. I think you probably will see folks that have a, a more broadly focused show gravitate towards more broad platforms like TikTok, especially TikTok. TikTok mm. is probably the broadest mm -hmm. one. And then Instagram. And just and also, I'm willing to bet, in addition to that, that those folks are the more sort of entertainment-based podcasters um, mm. because that type of stuff generally plays better on TikTok and Instagram than like a business or an impact-focused one. But yes. I agree with you 100%. TikTok and Instagram are broad platforms and it is it is more difficult to monetize a broad show. It's just kind of full stop. The more broad your audience definition is, the, the harder it is to make good money from the show. So I, I think that's a, I totally agree with your observation. A hundred percent. Awesome. Okay. So we spoke, we started with kind of like, that's the biggest surprise. And what I loved about you, what you picked out about LinkedIn was that you know, no one talks about it. Now, what's really interesting is, I mean, I don't know about you, but I don't feel like with this, with the next like email, for example, like no one really talks about email that much, yep. especially around with a podcast show. So I, what's really becoming really interesting is like, oh, wow, all these platforms or channels that people don't really talk about, high income podcasters are on and using more of than low income podcasts. Like, how, do you have any thoughts on that? Because I just find that fascinating as a data point. It is. And what came to mind was just how conventional wisdom, conventional wisdom is just usually wrong. <laughs> that was literally my first thought when <laughs> yes. I saw that. And I'm like, of course, all the things that everybody thinks is going to grow their podcast is not the thing that's actually going to grow their podcast. And I feel like that's mm. just how life goes, right? So <laughs> it's, it's like the, totally... shi the, the shiny object syndrome thing, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And shiny object syndrome. Exactly. And it's like, if everybody's talking, if everybody's saying this is how you do something, it probably doesn't work anymore because everybody's doing it. And so what'll happen now is because of this awesome report, everybody's going to flock to LinkedIn and email. And in three years, everybody will doing that, be doing that. And that won't work. Right? So it's an evolving space because they'll be like, oh, actually, it's yeah. Yeah, because for a while, I mean, Instagram did fairly well to help podcasters grow, especially in like 2018 yes. and 19, when audiograms was a new thing. It worked well, mm. but then everybody started putting up audiograms on Instagram and then it kind of became tired and it became less effective. Yes. So yeah, yes. I, I think I think what we've put together here is a glimpse into what all of us podcast experts will be talking about in two to three years. You gotta be on LinkedIn, <laughs> you gotta be on email, right? <laughs> yes. And I guess I mean you're you're kind of like a little bit ahead of the curve on 
in terms of compared to this report because guesting really featured here as well for both high income and and low income but overall that's a it's a very very popular way for people to grow their shows and i know you started speaking about your framework around targeted podcast pitching even before this report came out so what did have you found because i don't, i think this is one of those things where guesting feels like it's never not going to play a part in the growth of a podcast show yeah, I agree with that 100%. And, and if you think about it, it just makes sense because it's just intuitively more efficient <laughs> that when you do something, <laughs> when you employ a growth strategy that is in the world of the platform that you're trying to grow, it's generally going to be more successful and more efficient. So if you want to grow a TikTok, you should probably try to grow that TikTok on TikTok. If you're trying to grow a podcast, it's probably going to work better to grow that podcast on other podcasts just because yeah. you're gonna have 100% efficiency in that everybody you reach will already be a podcast listener and you'll reach them in the moment that they are being a podcast listener. So it's one of those things where I wasn't surprised to see it so prevalent with all of the podcasters that that were surveyed, but I think that, and it, it continuously though surprises me, it's, it's less obvious how to do that to folks, like, cause everybody emails, everybody's on social media, and so I think all podcasters have find it easy to imagine how they'll grow their show with those platforms, but it's just, it's not as obvious to everybody how to be a guest on another podcast. Cause it's not something that mm. we all do every single day <laughs> in our normal lives. Yeah. So while every it's what's fascinating to me about this is how, while everyone says that they know that they attribute podcast growth to guesting, it seems that that's, they don't act that way. They don't seem to put as much time and energy into actually guessing on other shows. That was something that stuck out to me where everybody knows this works, so why isn't everybody doing it more? That's my big question. And I think it's just because it's just a little, it's a little less easy to know exactly how to do it. I mean, that's what we try to help yeah. with with the TPP framework, but I think that's what's at play here. Yeah. And I think this is, this is probably the other overlay that I find interesting on this report is when you think about what seems easy from a emotional perspective, right? Like, so we think about that, because I think we've all done this, where it's like, I'm just going to put out a post. Oh, yes, job done, tick. I can oh. go about my, I can, I can. It's like, that is like super easy. So being on social media is like the easy way out. Does it get results? Mm, questionable. I mean, we can see from this report that it's, it's, it's very questionable, right? But the things that take time, like guesting, like writing emails consistently to your, to your list, like even blogging, even you, figuring out and using LinkedIn in the right ways. That stuff is hard and it takes time. And I think we can't downplay the fact that high income, like they're high income for a reason because yeah. they're willing to dig in and do the hard work. Yeah, exactly. They, they recognize that they're, they're going to have to do just that. They're going to have to work to grow their audience. It's not something that just blows up overnight. You make one post and it explodes and then you've made it like that's, as much as we all, many of us, when we start as podcasters, dream of that moment. And then we all have that that moment later where we realize, oh, it's not going to just blow up. It's going to be a little bit more of a slow build. Yeah. And I think the high income podcasters are the people who have gotten on the other side of that hump. You'll also notice that those are the folks who tend to be on more platforms. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that also indicates that they're in it for the long game. They understand they have to have multiple strategies to grow a show and that they are clearly seeing the value of staying consistent and showing up consistently in many different places.
Yes. Okay. This is, this is an awesome segue into looking at another page of the report because I think what you are referring to is now page 10 where we talk about how many channels podcast, podcasters are actively promoting on and pay income are way seven, gosh, seven, eight, seven, eight channels on average. Mm, Low yeah. income podcasters, six, five, six. Sometimes eight, depending. <laughs> like it's it's a little bit, yeah. So, I think you're right. Like they are just on more channels, so they figured out a way to be on more channels, but be able to do it, hopefully, seemingly more consistently and more intentionally. I think. So, I'd be, what I would be really curious, though, because I, I would again caution against a newer podcaster or lower income podcaster from saying, oh then that means that for me to be high income, I need to be on seven channels. I don't think that's the case. And I think it'd be really easy to draw that conclusion because what I would be curious about is number one, how long did it take these high income podcasters to be present successfully on seven different channels? Did they build out all seven channels mm -hmm. all at once or was it kind of one at a time? You work mm -hmm. on one, you get it going, then you start building the second one. I would posit that it was probably the latter. It was probably a little bit more of a slow build. And what I'll also point out is that they might be on seven channels because they're a high income podcaster, which means that they can afford yes. to hire help to be effective on seven <laughs> yes. channels. So we wanna be careful not to, as early podcasters, draw conclusions that, oh, well, if I want to be a high income podcaster, I need to be on seven channels. That's like kind of, that's kind of like, oh, a billionaire flies around on private jets. So in order for me to to be a billionaire, I need to fly private, right? So it's like, no, not really. Mm. <laughs> it's the other way around. <laughs> but again, that's that's the thing that I would be curious about is how is yeah. wh which came first, the seven channels or the high income? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And on that same line, because I think you're absolutely 100% right there. Like I, I, I'm of the same mind. I mean, even for me, like I even now I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm now ready to add another channel on. Like, I'm even now yeah. just trying to make my way up to that seven channel high income podcasting stat there. But what was also really interesting, and I don't think you're going to be as, as, as surprised by this stat, but on page oh, of the report, I'm looking at page 22. <laughs> I was like, I'm, I'm continuing nice. to scroll. Wow, this thing's long. And what's really interesting is like that number of episode download and I know that you've spoken about this before, which is that you don't need huge amounts of download. I mean, we all think because going sometimes we go into podcasting depending on the reason, but if it's like, oh, I'm going to get sponsorships, okay, well, then you kind of sometimes have to think about those download numbers. Different if you're like in a niche audience. But I think that's what this talks to, this specific slide talks to, or this page, is around debunking how on average the number of downloads we need we should be seeing or we want to see or whatever in order to make an income from our podcast. And what I would posit with this is that a, it goes back to that niche audience, like people, for example, high income podcasters are using, are able to use platforms like LinkedIn really successfully because they know who they're talking to. And that's kind of the same here where they don't need a lot of listeners to monetize their podcast. I'm also going to assume that this isn't just from sponsorships, that a lot of this is also from like coaching and using the podcast yep. as a part of their their business funnel. And that's why they don't actually, on average, need to see a huge number of downloads. What are your yeah. overall thoughts on that? I mean, I think it's absolutely striking that we look at page 22 
and see that every single one of the high income podcasters who make in more than 50K a year have fewer than a thousand downloads per episode. Right. Every single one of them. And so, and look at the, like anything, the low income podcasters are like more yeah. than 5,000. <laughs> right, right. There's a wow. low income, right. So, yeah. yes, there's yeah. one that has more than 5,000. <laughs> so, if there's anything that debunks the direct correlation that we think there is, between how many downloads you have and how much money you're making for your podcast, I think it's this because they are totally, they are not tied together at all. It, it, you do not need to have tons of downloads in order to make tons of money. And also if you have tons of downloads, that doesn't mean that you're gonna make tons of money. Monetization is a separate strategy that can be successful regardless of how many downloads that you have. Oh, it's so fascinating. This is, so I'm hoping that this in itself is, is giving people hope. <laughs> like if you're like looking at those download numbers week in, week out, and you're like, oh my gosh, when am I going to crack the four figures or whatever it is for you? This means that it is possible. It is possible to monetize with lower download numbers, really, just in the hundreds. Right. I mean, and it just proves like, like calling it back, just like so much of the conventional wisdom in in this space, the things that we all assume to be true about how to grow a podcast, how feasible it is to make money from your podcast, how many downloads you have to have in order to make money or how much money you'll make, like all of those things, we all kind of come pre-programmed. I don't know what it is, but as podcasters, <laughs> we, we tend to have these pre-programmed conventional beliefs. And I think this survey proves almost all of them wrong, which is wonderful <laughs> because it can really <laughs> yeah. open us up to reaching success way faster. Yes. Okay. So you mentioned now I'm circling back to, to page eight, which is, was, which is where we started, which was all about how, what is it that podcasters, both low income and high income, which channels, marketing channels they attribute to their success. And I'm just going to put it out there. Okay. I'm telling your fortune, Kevin. So yeah. you started with targeted daily engagement, which is how to use social media to grow your podcast. You're now onto targeted podcast pitching, which is how you use guest guesting to your podcast so what is it going to be targeted linkedin oh <laughs> uh, yeah we got to come up with a a, a catchy yeah. tl i don't know tlc yeah, targeted linkedin know, yeah. content i don't know maybe that's there the you go one. there you go yeah. so if i could tell your future and that there was it, it. okay now Every... i'm totally putting you on the spot here what is going to be a strategy <laughs> what what is what is the strategy behind using linkedin to grow a podcast show so I can, so as someone who's actually not super, super active now on LinkedIn, but has, I have several mm. clients who I work with who are, and who are some of these people, I mean, they may even be in this data here who attribute LinkedIn to their success. What I can tell you is that there's really two things at play that are working really well for, for them, for LinkedIn. The first one is that LinkedIn has incredible organic reach, which is often a lot of us don't realize that we think about TikTok which has, which also has incredible organic reach, but LinkedIn does as well. You can make a post and it can seriously go viral and really get you in front of tons of people who have never heard of you before, right? And, and have no idea, didn't know that you existed, but if they found out about you would love your content. The other thing that I'll say why I think LinkedIn works is that I just think that the overall things that people talk about on LinkedIn 
are more directly related to things that people want to listen to on podcasts. There's a lot of success in the business mm -hmm. space and professional development, stuff like that. And so I think the content that, so not only is there tons of organic reach, but also just the topic of the content, I think lends itself way, way, way more smoothly to podcasting, to transitioning from, oh, I just read this LinkedIn post, which has some really great points. I want to, I want more from this person. I think that TikTok and other social media platforms are just, a, they're a little bit more whimsical and your, your relationship mm. with your audience is way more shallow. It's just like, what's one minute of video that can entertain me and then I'm on to the next. Whereas I think LinkedIn is a little bit deeper discussions, a little bit more sophisticated type discussions combined with that same organic reach. So reach. So that's why I think, I think it works. And so what I'd say is the strategy would be to create content on LinkedIn that's related to your podcast. If your show is some, in some way related to business or professional or personal development or something like that, create content on LinkedIn. That is what we call summary content that gives some of the value of your podcast episode, and then invite the people that see it to go deeper by checking out your podcast. That's what I've seen work really well with the folks that I work with who have seen success on LinkedIn. And you can bet that in 2023, we're going to be giving that a more serious try with my own show, just from the data that we see here. And I'm going to be looking out for some TLC, targeted TLC. LinkedIn content. Targeted LinkedIn content. You heard it here first. First there was you TDE, then the there was TPP. Yeah, now there's TLC. Okay, awesome. This has been so much fun. Um, anything else you wanted to talk about or riff off or riff off? Uh, no, we, we hit we hit it all. We definitely hit every single thing that I had pegged that I wanted to talk about. Awesome. I hope you enjoyed that very unedited conversation. If you want to hear more from Kevin, I invite you to listen to his podcast called Grow the Show, which if I wasn't biased, I would say is the best podcast to listen to to help you grow your podcast. But I am biased. <laughs> so I'm going to say it's the second best podcast after this one, of course. No, no, no. It's, it's seriously amazing. So go listen to Grow the Show. And as always, thanks for tuning into this one. Stay awesome.